Welcome back to the Becoming CEO podcast, where we decide every single day to become the CEO we were created to be. Over here, we're low-key ratchet and high-key saved, okay? Listen, I know what it feels like to have the hugest to-do list, feel super unclear on what to do next in your business, download all the freebies, and still be stuck at square one. And darling, that's over for you today. Hey boo, I'm Kay Hillman. I'm a scientist turned five-figure photographer turned marketing and business strategist for female service providers building profitable businesses. I'm the coach for confused peeps. Boo thang, it's time to ditch the hustle. Listen close, darling, as I snatch your mindset, clarify your messaging, and drop marketing gems. When you roll with me, you'll gain confidence, clarity, and sales as you become the highest version of your Yourself. Let's get this money. Hey, boo. Hey, happy Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this on. So today I'm going to be sharing um, three skills to develop as a service provider or a coach or a consultant to help you close more clients and deliver a good experience. So as you grow as a service provider um, or a coach consultant, there are going to be certain skills that you just got to learn and you have to be good at in order to help you close more clients, but also deliver like a really bomb experience to these clients. So as a CEO, I think it's really important for you to lead your team and company in sales and delivery. And so that's why today I'm gonna share like these three tips that, or these three skills that I have developed that have allowed me to consistently sell my offers, create a community of clients that rave about working with me, but also to be able to lead my team um, more effectively and just to show them like what the expectation is for this company. So. The first skill to develop is asking good questions. So a few years ago, I read this book called QBQ, which is question behind the question. And basically this book is all about taking personal accountability, um, which is so important as you're building a team. Like you have to understand that like, while yes, you have a team, everything is still your fault. Which, you know, I, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but like, that's really what it is. It's like, yeah, you have a team, you have team members. But at the end of the day, if something happens or if a ball gets dropped, you know, it still does fall back on you as the um, the CEO, um, you know, and we've all seen mishaps of people like blaming the team and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's really not the way you should do things. And it, it, it has your team really feeling unsupported when you do throw them under the bus, even if it is like a mistake. Um, but anyway, this book, QBQ, um, Question Behind the Question, it really, um, it talks all about personal accountability, but more importantly, how to ask better questions that actually lead to solutions and results. So the reason why you want to get good at asking the right question is because the more clear you are on what people need, the better you can serve them. Not to mention, we have all signed on that client um, who... <laughs> who at the end of the day, we wish we would have known something so we wouldn't have signed them, right? We wish we would have asked a question um, or we wish we would have known something like earlier because we probably would not have taken them on as a client. And this happens when you don't learn how to, like when you don't learn the power of asking really good questions to pre-qualify your clients. So um, I've definitely been in that situation where I was like, woo, I definitely need to like update my um my questionnaire or like my application form or whatever because this person actually was not qualified and I took them on because I didn't ask the right questions um so asking clarifying questions and then like challenging potential clients to really dig deep and think is an important skill to have to make sure you fully understand where they're coming from what they need and furthermore how you fit into the equation so Um, what I mean by this is that like, sometimes we, um, sometimes we, I've done this before where I've had like an application and, you know, I just kind of made it like a really quick form and 
at the end of the day, I would read the application and it really didn't tell me anything. Like it really didn't give me any details on like where they were struggling, where they needed help. Um, so it was hard for me to even say how I could actually support them. I was just making assumptions, right? We have to ask better questions and especially as a service provider or um, even as a coach and a consultant, right? As anything that you're doing, you want to make sure that you can actually serve the people that are reaching out to you for help. And you also want to make sure that you're really clear up front about what it is that they need and how you fit into um, helping them get a transformation or helping them get a result. And you don't ever want to take on someone just because like, oh, they can pay or they can whatever, right? You don't want to take on someone like that. You really want to take on someone that you can actually serve and help. So when you're working with a client, um, sorry, when you are getting new clients, you know, like when you're signing new people and stuff like that, or when you're opening up the doors to your program or whatever, you just really want to make sure you're asking those deeper questions. And a client that can't dig deep and answer your questions is probably not the ideal client for you. Um, and this can be a tough pill to swallow because sometimes people can like afford it. Um, but they're just not at a level maybe mentally where it makes sense for you to work together. So I've had this happen to me a couple of times where I knew the person could afford the, the, um, the service, but I just could not allow myself to work with them because it was like pulling teeth just to get them to answer the questions on my application. And my implica my application at that time was not even super involved. But like when I ask you to tell me about your business and you only give me like one sentence or just your I help statement, that is not enough for me to, to like really fully understand your business when you want me to take it over for social media. Um, and so you know, just like really looking at your, your questionnaire, looking at your questions, but then, you know, so you're asking good questions. You want to make sure that when you are reading the answers that you're being not critical, but like you're really just looking and making sure that this person is actually aligned with who you are, what you can do, how you can help, right? You really want to see how can you fit into the equation. And if people are just giving you the bare minimum, then that's probably not a good client for you. So go ahead and just let it pass. And I, I know it sucks sometimes, like let that person pass, but you just have to let that person pass because you don't need the stress. Another thing though, with when it comes to asking good questions, that was like just before they start working with you. But when you start, like when you sign a client and you're working with them, instead of just like taking the task that they give you and doing it, or instead of like, as soon as they, you know, as, like you're coaching someone and they tell you what their problem is, instead of just like jumping in and answering, ask clarifying questions, ask good questions, because this is going to help you really um, just kind of understand what the scope is of what they need and why, or to really understand if there's a deeper issue, what the root problem is. Because a lot of times, like, our clients will say they need one thing or our clients will say that, that this is a problem that they're having. But when you dig deep and when you ask like one or two clarifying questions, you realize they need something completely different. So asking good questions can just keep your clients happy because you're going to catch things that may get mi missed in translation. So um, I, I don't want to like be like beat this into the ground, but it's but it's true. It's like sometimes someone will say like, this is my problem or this is what I need help with. But if you ask them one question, you will realize that that was not actually their problem. And that is so helpful in the sales process, but it's also helpful after you've converted them into a client, whether they're a coaching client or um, a client as a service provider, it can be so helpful to really just ask clarifying questions to make sure that what they're saying is actually 
what's happening. So for me, I used to, um, especially like with my social media agency, people would tell me all the time, like, oh, I'm struggling with marketing or I'm struggling with content creation and keeping up with content, blah, blah, blah. And then I would ask them like a simple question about like what they're currently doing to market. Um, or I would ask them a simple question about like, maybe, you know, like what their best performing content is. And from that answer, I was able to see what was truly their deeper issue, right? And sometimes it would be something more than what they were telling me at face value. They just don't know how to articulate it. And so that's why a good skill for you to develop is asking good questions. The second skill is listening for comprehension, not just to respond. So you're asking good questions, but you need to listen for the answer. And you need to listen to actually understand and comprehend, not just so that you can spit out a quick response to them. So this kind of goes with what the last thing I just said in that, you know, sometimes people say that they have one problem, but really it's something else. And when you listen for comprehension, you'll be able to figure that out. You'll be able to figure out, uh, okay, I need to ask a follow-up question because I think it's deeper than that. Um, and this happens a lot in coaching. I notice a lot of times with coaching, when I'm coaching someone, um, I usually have to continue to ask questions and really listen for comprehension because People will tell you that they have one issue, but it's because they haven't explored deeper to realize they have another problem. So when you listen to truly comprehend and understand, you're putting yourself in their shoes, but you're also able to really assess what they're saying and provide expert feedback. And that's why people are paying you, right? They're paying you to give them expert feedback, expert opinion, expert support. So you want to make sure that you're really paying attention and listening for comprehension to what they're saying. So like I said before, you don't want to just send over an application or a questionnaire asking them questions. You want to make sure that you like just fully understand what your clients need and not assume because you feel like you know what's best. So I have people fill out applications and while I don't do like sales calls, I, well, I do sales calls, but I don't do them a ton. Um, but what I will do is I, in my questionnaires, I make sure that I like ask, you know, this is the question and why. You know, I really want people to like go a step deeper so that I can really fully understand what they need and not just assume that I know. And then I usually, this and this takes some work, but from an application, I will go and DM the person if I want to clarify something just so that I can get some, so I can understand more fully. And that's part of listening for comprehension. It's like, maybe you don't get on a call with them, but you do send like some DM messages or some emails back and forth just to like get that deeper understanding, which also goes with asking good questions. But you're really just trying to make sure that you're actually comprehending properly what the person is trying to say without making any kind of assumptions or prejudgments. As CEOs, we have to remove our ego from how we engage with our clients. So when you're able to find, um, sorry, <clears throat> when you're able to remove your ego, you will be able to to collaborate better with your clients, but also sign new clients in a much easier way because people are gonna feel value seen and heard. And you guys know how I feel about valuing and, and people feeling seen and heard um when you listen for comprehension people will feel that like people will feel like okay she's not just trying to be the know-it-all and correct me and all that kind of stuff like she like this person actually cares about you know what it is that i'm trying like what it is i'm having a problem with what I, where i'm feeling stuck all that kind of stuff so and sometimes that, that means removing your ego because i will say there were times earlier on in my career where in my mind, I would just be thinking to myself, like, it's not that hard. Like, just do whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's because I wasn't listening for comprehension. So I was taking their surface level answers and basically just trying to put a bandaid on things. 
as CEOs, you have to remove your ego. You have to take a step back and say, all right, let me put myself in their shoes and let me ask more questions so that I can listen and really hear what's going on and where they're feeling stuck and where they where I can help them problem solve. Um, so honestly, all that, sh- like that's part of humility. It's showing that you're engaged with them. Um, for me, one thing that I really like to do when someone is talking to me is I like to restate what they what they said and give them a chance to correct me um so i'll, I'll say like you know i i just want to make sure i'm understanding this correctly and then i'll restate what they said and give them the, the the space to correct me or to change something or to be like oh yeah like that's exactly what i meant you know and that helps to make sure that i am listening for comprehension and make sure that i am paying attention and just recognizing what this specific person needs because i truly feel like everybody needs a customized approach maybe as you maybe certain business actually i don't know too many businesses where a customized approach isn't a good idea but i understand that like you know when you're doing volume versus like how we are as service providers you're not able to do that one-on-one touch but if you're able to give people that one-on-one touch i feel like that's so impactful and it really just helps them feel valued but it also shows your humility and shows that you're really engaged with them and their project or whatever their needs are so I encourage you the next time you're on a sales call or even if you're like doing DM because like I don't do a ton of sales calls anymore but I do a lot of DM chats take the time to really actively listen to what they're saying um make sure that you understand what they want what they need so a couple of my favorite things to do like to actively listen is I will paraphrase like I said I'll, I'll repeat what they said to me and ask them to correct me um I'll use nonverbal cues like so whenever I'm doing like a um a sales call um, which I don't do a ton of sales call, like I said, but when I do, I'll like nod or I'll use eye contact. Um, I love verbal affirmation. So when someone is talking to me, I'm always saying things like, okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. And that's just how I naturally talk. I didn't even realize that that was a part of active listening until I learned more about active listening, but verbal affirmations, it just really helps you kind of stay on track and stay engaged and present with the person. And of course, asking those follow-up questions, those good questions to clarify. I never assume with my clients or potential clients, I always give them more space to either explain or correct me. I just want to really show them that like, I am listening to you, I hear you, and I'm not just responding to respond. I'm not just saying something because I feel like I'm the expert or because I'm the know-it-all. I really want to only say things that are going to um, help you, support you, help you see, see, help you feel seen and valued. And listening, it really is a skill. Um, and I see a lot of people like they drop the ball on it. And the reason why I know people drop the ball on listening is because when when you come to me for coaching, you 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 when I ask questions, you're not able to like fully examine the answer or fully um, not examine the answer, but fully. Um, articulate the answer and it's because you probably haven't listened to what your clients are saying so i just want to like like listening is such a huge skill that i feel like a lot of people miss out on because as experts we usually find ourselves in positions where we're talking um and something that i always have to say is that the person that is doing the most um talking is not leading the conversation because if you're the one if you're the one that's doing all the talking right if you're saying if if there's no room for anybody else to say anything then you are not actually leading the conversation effectively because in a coaching relationship and in a service provider relationship it really is about the client you want them to tell you all the information you want them to give you the answers you want them to tell you what it is that they need and you come in 
as the listener to clarify and to execute. That's what we do as service providers. As a coach, your job is to guide, right? But if you're doing all the talking, you're probably missing out on a lot of cues, a lot of body language cues, a lot of um, nuances of the conversation because you are dominating it. Um, so, and that can be that can be tough for people. It can be tough for people to be like, oh dang, so I'm talking too much. But it's like, yeah, as coaches, like our job is not to be talking all the time. Our job is to ask deep questions, get our clients to think, help them problem solve, help them process, help them work through. Our job as a service provider is to ask our clients questions, clarify what they need, provide the service that it is that they need in a way that um, fits into their process or the system or whatever, right? It's, it, it's to execute. That doesn't, that doesn't require us to do a ton of talking. Um, now, obviously, like when you're collaborating on ideas, blah, 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 that's different. But mostly we should be listening. So the third skill is, um, and this is like a big skill, but the third skill is communicating boundaries and expectations. This is a tough one for everybody. Even, I mean, I've been in business for several years and I still sometimes struggle with boundaries and expectations. And a lot of times you don't know that someone has crossed a boundary until it gets crossed, right? Or you don't know that your expectations are unclear until a problem arises. And that's okay because communicating boundaries and expectations is an ongoing process. One thing I like to do, um, is with every offer, I have a contract. So in addition to the contract, I will write out boundaries and expectations. So like um, in my contract, I'll write out like what response times are, my office hours, um, inside like my program. So inside the Become a CEO method, I have a pinned article. And in that article, it, it, it tells you like what you can expect from me, um, what I expect from you in this container, um, as well as boundaries with communication. So for example, inside the method, you cannot DM me. Um, that's that's a boundary that I've set. Um, sometimes there's not a nice way to say things, right? Because it can sound kind of harsh, like don't send DMs, but like don't send me DMs because I'm not able to support you fully if you send me a DM because I don't pay attention to DMs. Like I don't I don't read DMs as quickly as I read other types of notifications. So I set that boundary, and while it may not sound nice at first, it really makes it really makes sure that you have a better experience with me. And you don't feel like, wow, like I sent her this message and she never responded. It's like, yeah, of course, because I, I, that's not how I respond to things. Um, so like I said, sometimes it's not a nice way to say things, but that does not mean that you shouldn't say it. You should still set that boundary. You should still set that expectation, even if it does come across as like, oh, that's kind of like harsh. Um, and honestly, there are ways to say things where it doesn't sound as harsh. So really, there's no reason why you shouldn't say, say or set the boundary or expectation. Um, what I like to do is at the onset, so at the beginning of every client provider relationship, establish expectations and boundaries. So um, like at the beginning, I let you know upfront, like this is what you can expect. This is the times that I'm available, whatever. In my email signature to my clients, I have like a PS that says my office hours um, for my one-on-one boxer coaching, which has been so much fun. Like this is, it's, it's a new offer that I came up with like in March, I think. Um, and so basically what I do is I will, um, we do one-on-one coaching, but it's via Voxer and it's so powerful. It's so transformational. Um, and it really just like serves and supports people in a way that like, you don't have to worry about availability or anything. Cause you literally have access to me throughout the day. Um, but w- for that pro for that offer, my Voxer one-on-one coaching, the first message they get from me, it tells you like a rundown of the boundaries and expectations. So this ba- this message, it basically says like what hours you can access me, how long voice notes should be, um, 
I also clearly say if you're if your voice note is too long, your girl's not gonna listen. And like I said, some things sound harsh, but you have to say it. You have to set that boundary because it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so one thing I want to know is that it's never too late to communicate a new boundary or to redefine the expectations. So sometimes like you might start a project like with with um with uh, services. I see this happen a lot where you'll start a project and then um, maybe the client something happens and the scope of the project changes or the scope of what you're doing changes what i would recommend is that you hop on a call discuss it and if you need to change the contract and charge them then do that um but usually hopping on a call is the best way to kind of like redefine the expectation um or you you could you could do it via email as well because i've done a ton via email so you could do it either way um but going back to the first two skills, this, this is why it's important to ask good questions and listen for comprehension, because oftentimes clients think you understand um, or you think you understand like the scope of what's needed or the scope of your project together or the scope of the offer. And then you realize that the expectations are actually mismatched. Right. So what they thought that you were going to do is different from what you thought you were supposed to be doing. And that, so one, that's why asking good questions and listening is important. But it also like leads into this third one of communicating boundaries and expectations because at no, it, it's never too late to redefine expectations. It just requires another conversation. So that's why having a conversation or putting it in writing maybe via email is key. And I've had my fair share of long emails to reestablish boundaries or expectations. Like I... I'm no stranger to writing a long email and like really digging through and breaking down like, okay, this is what you can expect. These are the boundaries, whatever, whatever. And while it can be challenging or overwhelming to communicate these points, especially when you thought that you guys were on the same page, it's never too late to reestablish or to set a boundary. It's never like, it's just, it's just never too late. And you don't want things to get out of hand because you let something fester and continue on that wasn't actually working. The more you do it, the more you can pre prepare in the beginning. So maybe this, like maybe a situation that you have with a client, it's just like a, a fluke, right? Like you've never had it happen before and that's okay. Now that it has happened, you can now um, add it to your document or your guide that has your expectations and boundaries. So like for me, I didn't know when I first started doing foster coaching that um, voice notes that were too long was was a, a boundary of mine, right? I didn't know because I hadn't done it yet. But then I started, I had someone who like would send me like 15 minute voice notes. And I was like, ain't no way. Like, <laughs> even if I speed this up, it's still too long. So that's what made me put in another boundary of like, hey, you cannot send a voice note that's longer than X amount of time. So Again, you can never like it's, it's never too late to set a boundary or set an expectation. It's, it's never too late to um, reestablish expectations. Right. So maybe you start on the project, like I said, um, and I've had this happen before with social media where I we had we outlined what the project was going to look like. But then things changed and they wanted me to do more. And it was like, whoa, like what's going on? Like you're not paying for this or anything. So wait, we need to like reestablish our expectations. And so while it can be a tough conversation to have sometimes, it's so worth it. And that's a skill that you just have to develop over time. You have to develop the confidence to say, um, hey, we need to talk about the expectations or we need to talk about the boundaries or you need to um, have a guide that has your expectations and your um, boundaries written out on it. And you need to also enforce them, right? You need to enforce these things. The truth of the matter is, is that like uh, one thing I like to do 
So I'm, I'm gonna say two things. First, I'm gonna say, I like to have a guide or a document that has like all my boundaries and stuff and clients will sign this or they will like send me um, an affirmation that they read it or whatever. Um, I also have it like in my email signatures. Some, some of my boundaries are in my email uh, signatures, if I could talk. But one thing I wanna say is that people like knowing what the boundaries are and what they can expect. People like knowing, um, you know, like people like when you communicate with them what the next step is, what's happening next. So don't be afraid to like over communicate boundaries or expectations and know that it's okay if they don't respond. Because sometimes people don't respond, right? Like if someone sends me an email and it says like, okay, so next up is this, I don't really feel the need to respond to that. Um, so you don't feel like you're annoying people by over communicating, but it is important for you to develop the skill of communicating your boundaries and expectations and being really routine with that, like really just consistently setting those those um, boundaries, setting those expectations and also enforcing them, making sure that you're not the person that is emailing back at three in the morning when you told them that your office hours were from nine to five, right? Um, so those were my three skills. Um, one, asking good questions. Two, listening for comprehension. And then three, communicating boundaries and expectations. Three skills to develop as a service provider, a coach, a consultant, all that good jazz. So I hope this helps you when it comes to closing more clients. I hope you feel more confident as you are like going through the sales process with them. But I also hope that these things help you deliver a good experience with your clients, you know, because asking good questions, listening, um, communicating boundaries, those are all ways to not just sign clients because you understand them, you're empathizing with them, you're, um, you know, making them feel seen and heard, but also for your clients, you're helping them feel fully supported by doing those things. So those are the three skills. And until next time, I will talk to you later, darling. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on the gram at Mrs. K Hillman and let me know you're picking up what I'm putting down. Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it in your stories and leave a young thug a review so I know it's real. May you walk in your purpose and call in each and every day to become the CEO and woman you were designed to be. Until next time, let's get this money.